Welcome to Sex Ed Shouldn't Suck. I am Jen. And I'm Kaylee. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing okay. I'm not bad. I'm just uh, just sitting here about to talk about the relationship escalator. Ooh, I'm I'm believe it or not, I'm doing the same thing. I'm also sitting here really about to talk about the relationship oh escalator. Twins, twins, twins. <laughs> Are you the type of person that like stands on the escalator when it goes up or do you walk up the escalator? I find walking up escalators to be redundant. Yes. Yeah. Either way, we're both stuck going in one direction up and we're going to talk about that in this episode enjoy it's enjoy. not about real escalators don't worry <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of about real es- it's about like metaphorical escalators yes yes and if that doesn't get you excited then i don't know what will so enjoy <laughs> So this week we are going to be talking about the relationship escalator. It's a magical escalator that you get on when you're ready to have a relationship. Right? Is that what it is? It it is. It's like a real escalator that exists like in the middle of the woods somewhere. You have to go, Mm -hmm. go find it. And then, you know, once you get on it and make it to the top, then your relationship is blessed. It's like that Bible story where they tried to build a ladder to heaven, except it's just an escalator to a boyfriend. Nothing. To a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) To the abyss. I actually don't remember that Bible story and I'm, I'm confused. It's the tower. um, Isn't it the tower of Babel when they uh, tried to build, or maybe it was a tower. They tried to build a tower to God and then God was like, nah, that's not cool. So then he made them all speak different languages so they couldn't like communicate with each other and build it. And that's how the different languages came about. Not naturally through people living in different places. It was, it was God being like, zap your French. (laughs) (laughs) right it was just like god's anger was like you know what i'm gonna do make ethnicities um anyway let's talk about (laughs) not that the relationship escalator so jen can you tell us what that what that what the heck is that thing (laughs) what is it anyway what's with the relationship escalator so my interpretation of the relationship escalator is this kind of narrow definition that people are kind of sucked into without their consent or sometimes even knowledge or realization that it's happening, that Mm -hmm. there's like one set idea of how a relationship works. And that is heterosexual man and woman, they meet, they date for a little bit, I guess in traditional context, they might not move in together, but today they might move in together first. And then of course they get married. And then of course they have children and then the cycle starts all over again. And so there's like one set path to go on Mm -hmm. and, and people go on this path, I think, because that is what is presented to us over Mm -hmm. and over and over again by society is the only way to have a relationship. And so they, they ride that escalator, you know, everything is kind of hierarchical and more intense as you go up and we're not really presented with other other ways to have a relationship. And I think also what is like destructive about the relationship escalator is that you either are on it or you are off of it. Like if, it, mm-hmm. if, if at one point, you know, you decide that you actually wouldn't be better moving in together than like that is, that could be 
detrimental to your relationship. Yeah. If this isn't heading towards marriage, then it's over. If you wouldn't be a good father, this is over. There's no point in dating anymore. Exactly. And also if there's no point in dating, there's no point in having any kind of relationship either. Like you're either together romantically dating, uh, married or whatever it is, or you're nothing ever again, right? There's no other type Mm -hmm. of relationship. So I think that we're going to talk about how that is harmful and how that doesn't work for everyone. Of course it does work for some people and Hey, ride that escalator if you want to, but also maybe think about it a little bit first. Right. I don't know about you, but I had never heard of this relationship escalator until I started getting into polyamory because Mm -hmm. it is something that you hear about a lot in polyamory. And I I think that's maybe because you don't always want to be on the relationship escalator. Like it's kind of opening up the idea that not every relationship needs to be on that relationship escalator. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think poly people have in some ways rejected the escalator, at least for some of their relationships, mm-hmm. or they have like felt trapped by it, I guess. And so they sort of made a term for it. Though I was talking with my sister recently who is not non-monogamous or poly at all. And she expressed, I think, similar frustration without saying I'm on the relationship escalator, but she started talking about how she's frustrated. You know, she just turned 30 and August and she's frustrated by the idea that she has to have a partner that she's mm-hmm. incomplete without a partner that she like you know she's having a good time pouring herself into her friendships and those other relationships and yeah you know it's she doesn't feel like she needs to be on a relationship escalator even though she yeah. didn't say that and I was like oh Lindsay so it's it's that. almost like this idea that you're less of a person if you're not mm-hmm working towards that ideal. And I, I think that definitely has come from media. I mean, a million TV shows and movies, especially like, Oh my God, any romance movie or chick flick. I feel Mm -hmm. like, especially from when we were younger, they were all about that. Okay. Even I know you don't like sex in the city, but Carrie is dating big. They have a great relationship. They're happy together. They're chilling. They're vibing. And then all of a sudden she just gets in her head that he's not giving her enough. And I mean, I'm not saying he's a good, he's, he sucks, but like, it's basically this idea that she just thinks that it needs to be going somewhere or it needs to be this certain kind of thing. And it can't just be good. They can't just have their own apartments and their own lives and be happy together. They have to, want to move in together. They have to want to get married and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very common thing. I think what Mm -hmm. I first thought of in in media representations was how like in a bunch of shows about high schoolers, like teenagers (laughs) are getting married, like in secret life of the American teenager, they just like decide to get married when they turn 18, still seniors Mm -hmm. in high school. And I'm like, Holy shit, you have your whole fucking life just because like you had a baby with someone and you like each other. Like, does it mean you should get married at 18 or ever really? If you, if you don't want that. Yeah. It's, it's this like all or nothing thing where like our relationship doesn't look like a traditional relationship or what my other friends relationships looks like, or like, this is just what people do and they're at this mm-hmm. stage. So let's do it mm-hmm. rather than like deciding or interrogating yourself or figuring out what is important to you. Maybe yeah. it is marriage, but maybe it's some other sort of commitment. I don't know. And yeah. I know that I personally have struggled with that too. 
I, I think that's a critical part of this whole thing too, because I don't want it to seem like we're saying that like moving in together, getting married, having children, buying a house. Like I don't, I obviously don't think any of that is wrong because I am doing a good chunk of those things with one of my partners <laughs> yeah. right now. But I think the, I it's, it's kind of the idea of what do you want? Do you want this because you want it? Or do you, are you doing this just because you're being swept away with a tide of, like, this is how it works. Like, oh, we're dating now. We're on this escalator. And this is where this relationship has to go in order to be valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think even, even like for myself, someone who is, who is non-monogamous and has consciously rejected a lot of expectation around relationships, I still feel this pressure that like, you know, something is missing because I am, I don't have a partner or a nesting partner or like plans to get married or have kids or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. I, that message, I think, especially for women yeah. is reinforced over and over and over again, not, yeah. not just by media, but like by literally just the existence of all of that around us. Like every, every person I know, <laughs> it's not yeah. just friends either. It's like health insurance is set up that way. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm, It's not so much this way now, but like buying a home as a woman, a single woman, you would not have been able to do that like in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's also a lot of like just life things that are set up that way as well. Yeah. Set up for couples. Couples privilege is real. We could do a whole other episode on couples (laughs) privilege, but... Yeah, like the the world is designed around nuclear families or designed mm-hmm. around you to be on this escalator at all times. So I guess we should get into like why this doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about polyamory. You know, speaking of polyamory, it's it's a little strange, but I was just realizing that I don't know that the idea of getting married and having kids and like settling down ever really felt comfortable to me until I became very polyamorous. Like the idea really? of getting, yeah, like the idea, I mean, like I always kind of wanted to get married, but I would almost have this constant fear of FOMO, like... <laughs> You know, once once you get married, yeah. that's it. You you know you can't go out and party and just like enjoy that flirtation. One penis forever. Yeah. <laughs> I just had my bachelorette party, which Jen was at a few weeks ago, and I was very strictly like none of those decorations. <laughs> there were lots of penis decorations, but there yeah. were no but there had to be one penis forever decorations. Right. Mm-hmm. There was more than one penis decoration. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I think I think that that life does feel confining to a lot of people like, you know, being with one partner forever or like the rest of your life, just being about raising children, you know, maybe some other, you maybe have to make concessions for your career because you're raising mm-hmm. children. Maybe, you know, you have to make concessions for other things because now, you know, you're, you have a house together and you have to take care of the house and the kids and your partner and everything. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see how that feels like a trap. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And that's not to say that I don't love my partner because I really, I really, really truly do. I mean, it's why I'm marrying him. Yeah. I think for me, actually, a lot of it is that with polyamory, it really forced us to talk about what we wanted out of our relationship. And so the fact that we've really thoroughly discussed that together makes me feel a lot better about committing to a marriage and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Polyamory, we've talked already about why that doesn't work for that. Yeah. But do you have any other ideas for why the relationship escalator doesn't work? Yeah, I think that queer community is also, well, queer people, I think, tend to be a little more, a little less monogamous in general because they've Mm -hmm. sort of rejected uh, ideas of sexuality and relationships already. So polyamory is kind of like a slippery slope, a natural next step, I would say. <laughs> but queer people have been, you know, choosing their families for forever, right? Like mm-hmm. they, not so much now, hopefully, thankfully, at least in the States, like people would be disowned and told to leave their houses and never yeah. come back when they came out. Right. So they made their own families and some of, some of them had kids and some of them didn't. Right. But you know, there are plenty of examples of queer people living together, spending their lives together, not, you know, as a group, not necessarily having children, not necessarily getting married because they couldn't. Right. Yeah. But still, yeah. still creating community. If you were a gay man or a lesbian couple, you at you know in a certain time in the recent history you probably like obviously you couldn't get married you yeah. can't legally cohabitate or you couldn't legally cohabitate in some states you yeah. like adopting a kid is much harder you can't have them biologically you might not be able to buy a home together yeah you know that you you can't the relationship escalator is a straights only <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is straight as fuck there's no spiraling escalators here there's no corner escalators here (laughs) that sounds cool a spiral escalator i've been on a few you have never been i was about to say that works yeah oh for sure i was imagining like a really tightly spiraled one like a oh yeah like a tiny spiral staircase but (laughs) (laughs) no i can see where that would be hard mechanically challenging if any of you know of one of these that exists please uh get in touch we have a lot yeah of let us know set us pictures <laughs> <laughs> but i would say you know outside of even just the the queer community and the polyamorous community mm-hmm. i think that the and i i know you agree <laughs> the the relationship escalator is harmful to everyone, including Mm -hmm. straight people. And the first thing I think of is that trope of a divorced woman in Mm -hmm. her like forties trying to go out and date again and Mm -hmm. just being lonely and sad and, or like saddled with like kids and stress while the man goes off and does whatever. (laughs) I mean, a lot of women are like that in their marriages. (laughs) Like, yeah, let's, let's not, you know, I get it twisted I mean, here. Like a lot of people feel lonely and, and what not in their marriages. And I think yeah. not to like say that polyamory is the best, but I think that we set people up to not be successful when, when we put them on a relationship escalator and expect them to be monogamous and never deviate from that or give up your entire relationship. Like it's, it's yeah. really, it's damaging because people are not like that. People are not that black and white, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I think if you take, a young person and you you spit all of this 
propaganda at them about how Mm -hmm. they are only whole and valid if they get married and have a family, have the white picket fence and all that. So they do all of those things without critically thinking about it. And I mean, it's not a joke that getting divorced is fucking complicated. Like there's paperwork involved there's like alimony splitting of assets and the more you've intertwined your life with this other person which you know probably kids and buying a house the fucking harder mm-hmm. that gets yeah to un unentangle yourself it's yeah and it's it's you're not preparing people it, it feels a lot like going into college where they're just like pick a major that will determine the rest of your life and you're like oh, i don't know english <laughs> i'm a child i am a child <laughs> yeah it's it's big decisions that we sort of like gloss over mm-hmm. because we're like this is just how it is like yeah you meet a guy and you get married but like do you know what that entails? My dad is a pastor. Well, he he's retired now, but he was. And he used to require people do like premarital counseling with him. Smart. And they wouldn't even talk about necessarily religious stuff. That is something they've talked about. They would talk about like money and how they were going to raise kids and like, okay, so how is your marriage going to look, right? Mm-hmm. And like the things that people had never talked about would always surprise him. Like people just wouldn't talk about how they plan to raise their kids. And then they would yeah. get into that, that, meeting and then be like, whoa, you want to do it this way? I want to do it this way. I never even thought of that. It's like, what are you thinking about then? What are you thinking about? Well, people don't. I mean, and especially, I know I was raised that living with a partner before marriage was wrong. And I, it's funny Mm -hmm. because I specifically remember I, I did date this one guy for like four or five years through college and I was really close with his family and his mom was always like, always live with the person first like you will learn very valuable things about that other person (laughs) that you would not know beforehand you learn about how they do chores how they handle money how they are when they're super grumpy because like if you're planning on cohabitating with someone those are important things who knew They they are so i can't imagine now like deciding to saddle up my life with someone else and maybe raise some children or whatever mm-hmm. without knowing those things. But that yeah. was so normal. Like my parents didn't live together before they got married. Like a lot of people didn't. It's crazy to I'm me. I'm trying to think. I know. I'm trying to think what my, I think my parents, my, I think my parents did for a bit. And then I don't know. It was different with my mom and my stepdad because he, first of all, they were like old. (laughs) They already, they already had like their own houses and their own furniture and all of that. It wasn't like at kind of a point in their lives where they're like, let's combine things. It'll be easier. And like Mm -hmm. my mom had kids. And so it would have been, I think she felt, yeah, it would have been weird if he had like moved in with us without them being married. I think she felt that way. But he also like, because he's a pastor, he had housing through the church like the church provided Mm -hmm. a parsonage so actually after after they got married for a while like we went back and forth between the two houses (laughs) like divorced (laughs) parents it was kind of strange except they were Um, newly married (laughs) except they were married (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of funny i actually think it was i I think it was good for us it like allowed it to happen slowly over time it wasn't Mm -hmm. like and tomorrow he's moving in right (laughs) it was like we still have our own space go and see each other we still spend time as a family but like he's not here all the time yeah and then and then he eventually was there all the time like when he moved in interesting but it actually was good but i also think that part of that is also because 
you're, they were older and she already yes. had kids in a family. And I, I can imagine that that level For of sure. maturity also helps with that. I think yeah, a lot of what we're focusing on here is, you know, probably more aimed at people in their 20s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who are making these huge, huge decisions about the presumably the rest of their lives with just being like, well, my parents did it. So here we go. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So are there, are there alternatives, Jen, for <laughs> so the queers, the polyams and the straights, the everyone's, the are there alternatives well. to this relationship escalator, maybe in a relationship elevator or like a relationship? What are those ones called? That's like an escalator, but it's flat that they have in airports. <laughs> Oh, a people mover a relationship. A people, people mover. mover. <laughs> Just flat, but going really fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more like of a friends with benefits situation. <laughs> yeah, there are super super alternatives. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about polyamory, mm-hmm. and included in that is a type of a type of polyamorous relationship called relationship anarchy that I learned more about this summer when I was in a bisexual support group. That's right. I'm bisexual and I need support. (laughs) Lots of it. So we talked about relationship anarchy in the context of polyamory. And, and I, I think that people sometimes think about polyamory as like sexual and romantic relationships only, but relationship anarchy is about, all of your relationships and sort of picking and choosing what you want from them, whether they're friendships or romantic or sexual, like there's a resource that we can link in the description of this episode that is like a relationship anarchy smorgasbord. (laughs) (laughs) If you think about your relationship as a bucket, there are like these different stones, for example, that have, that represent different things and you can fill up the bucket with as many or as few as you want. So some of the stones are about like, financial relationship. Like, are you going to combine your finances with this person or are you not? Are you going to, you know, own a business together or are you not? Are you going to do X, Y, and Z things? Are you not? Or they're like about touching. Like, do you, do you touch this person? Do you hug this person? Do you hold hands? Do you cuddle? Do you have sex? Or are only some of those things on the table? Mm -hmm. Is there romance involved? Like, do you go out on dates? If you do see each other, how often do you see each other, et cetera, et cetera. So there are like lots of options that I, I didn't even think about go into formatting all my relationships, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't have, I I wasn't like separating it out the way that the relationship anarchy smorgasbord like allowed me to. And it's freeing because it allows you to structure all of your relationships, how you, how you want them. Like I said, Mm -hmm. even if it's friendship or even if it's familial or even if, or even if it is romantic, like what, how much romance do you want? How much sex do you want? So it kind of allows you to like talk to this other person and name the things that you want and the things that you don't want from them without any like assuming. I think a big part of the relationship escalator is the assumption that you're just going to do these things. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. well, of course we're going to get together. If things go well, we'll get married. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, maybe you should talk about exactly what you want from your relationship first. And there's always that trope of the woman that was like, we slept together. I thought that you loved me. Right. Dude's <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get my dick wet. Right. Yeah. Apparently women are the only people who don't know that. <laughs> not love. That's why I said trope or right. whatever I said. I have a, que- I have, I have actually quite a few questions yeah. about relationship anarchy for you. So what is the process like of deciding what you want out of a certain relationship? Mm -hmm. Is it 
like trial and error? Is it just being like, I am looking for someone that I can volunteer with. I'm looking for someone I can share my finances mm-hmm. with. I'm looking for someone for our dogs to play together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you go about figuring that out? <laughs> Jazz, you heard it here. Jen's yeah. looking for someone to play with her dog. <laughs> yeah, please reach out to me if you want to be dog friends. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's like as regimented as it sounds where like, oh, I know this new person. Now let me get my relationship anarchy <laughs> sports board out and choose the things. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, Let's I think see, I, I have an opening under uh jazzer size friends or walking with small hand weights. <laughs> All of mine are exercise based. I don't know why. I think they might be saying something to you. Maybe you need some exercise friends. I, I do know. need some exercise friends. <laughs> I hate exercising alone. Aww. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> I think that that the most important thing for me has getting has been getting really clear with myself for what I'm looking for because, you know, obviously you don't meet someone and place a bunch of expectations on them or say like I need this and this and this for a friendship. Of course, at some point you're probably going to get there where like someone mm-hmm. isn't meeting your needs or you've gotten an argument or something and you like you set boundaries and talk about what you need from each other. So obviously that happens in all relationships, but getting clear with myself of like, okay, now that I know this person a little bit, you know, I'm definitely, I'm comfortable hugging them or I'm comfortable cuddling with them or I'm comfortable talking with them about these things, but I, I don't need this person or want this person to be X, Y, and Z, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want this person to be someone I exercise with because they're not into it or I'm not into it, or they don't have a schedule that permits that. Or even about like, you know, I kind of decide which friends are more reliable than others based on this as well. Like, okay, I can rely on this person to watch my dog. I can rely on this person to, you know, be there when I need to talk Mm -hmm. about something really deep. And there are some friends that I would never talk about deep stuff with. So it's getting Mm -hmm. clear. Yeah. I, I don't even barely know you, Kaylee. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a narcissist. I'm like, where, where am I in that? (laughs) You're, you're not in that. I was, but you are, you are the, you do have the stone in our bucket friend I would have a podcast with. So I had that opening for a while, but now it's in our bucket. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's my bucket. Everyone else. Fuck oh, the fuck it off. <laughs> fuck the fuck it it's only Kaylee's in my bucket. Okay. Get so, your own bucket. <laughs> how, how do you, how would you deal with, you know, having a, a difference of needs or wants <laughs> in relationship anarchy because that's the part that is always confusing to me like what if this person yeah. wants to have a physical relationship with me but i'm not interested in that with them mm-hmm. i mean obviously talking about boundaries is just scary it is I'm scary scared, scared, i'm scared so handling you know like a difference of like needs not being met i mean you do that I don't know if I have good advice for this beyond like talking to the person, right? Like it ha- maybe having some difficult conversations and setting expectations between you two. Yeah, for sure. And just like getting to know everyone. Like, like I said, I rely on my friends a lot to watch my dog, but there are some friends mm-hmm. I would never ask that because I don't think they're reliable people. Right. And I'm not going to go yeah. to them and be like, you're not meeting my need of like watching my dog, but <laughs> there might also be a thing where like, if you have, if you do have very different needs or expectations that maybe mm-hmm. a relationship at all just doesn't work out with some people, that's also just a part of it. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, not everyone is meant to be in relationship with each other and that is what it is. 
or you just have different friends and different lovers and different whatever the fuck you have for different things and different needs and that's fine i think i always have such a hard time with that because i'm just like no 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 no. well we can figure some level of something out we could we could still be friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think that is like an expectation of monogamy in a relationship escalator or whatever that you like you make it work for the right person because you're mm-hmm. married or because you're whatever, because you know, you've like the sunken cost fallacy. Or if it doesn't work, then you completely cut them off right. forever. Yeah. And I, I do think that's kind of changing in society because I've seen more stuff about people, especially people that have kids together who maybe get divorced, who co-parent mm-hmm. and they have like a good relationship yeah. with each other and that's their bucket. They have the co-parenting bucket. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There are like so many, you know, mixed families or like families with different structures and yeah. And I'm, I'm still friends like with a lot of my exes and I think some people might think that that's like a red flag, but I look for that. And I think that's a green flag because Mm -hmm. obviously I'm not going to be in a relationship with someone who I think might cheat on me with their ex. So that is not a thing that crosses my mind a lot, but it also shows that like, you know, you can, you can move on from something or outgrow something and still have respect and love for another person and be able to keep them in your life. I think that that's very mature. And I, I actually look, look for that and potential partners. <laughs> I was, uh, the other weekend I went to get coffee with my fiance and, and two other men that I had dated previously. <laughs> <laughs> just the four of us and i was like this is this like would this. probably be weird to a lot of people but my heart feels but, full <laughs> but not when you're a kitchen table polyamorous also i think kaylee and i went we went to a show once where we realized that everyone there was either currently our partner or our ex-partner like everyone we had gone to the show with not yeah. everyone at the show that would have been insane <laughs> It's too much for even us. Yeah, would have been awesome. I don't know if I can bang my way through a concert-sized crowd. (laughs) I believe in you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I my last question I have is, and I'm going to answer it myself briefly, and then (laughs) have you answer it if you want. Is how could sex ed better prepare us to not? embark upon the relationship escalator and for me the first thing that comes to mind is not teaching that sex leads to marriage leads to children or i guess maybe is that the right one sex leads to children which leads to marriage sex marriage you leads be to sex you children, sorry yeah, you're right marriage leads to sex <laughs> leads to children <laughs> right Right. Not true. There's a lot of people in sexless marriages. <laughs> That's true. And a lot of people with marriageless sex. Hey. Right. I had to look up. I was like, wait, yes. <laughs> like, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only kind I've had, actually. Me too. Me too, girl. Have you ever had sex with a married person? I have had sex with a married person, yes. So I does have. that count as marriage full sex? <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know. My brain is, <laughs> I did an edible before this. I can't think oh about my this. God. Damn it. I should have smoked. I almost did. And then I was like, no, I'm going to be a good podcaster. Wow. Wow. I Jen. did. I did half a gummy. Okay. It's Jen like very... is stony baloney. <laughs> <laughs> so high right now. 
how could do you have any ideas for how sex ed could better prepare us for relationships or not do to be I? in a relationship escalator? I sure do. I think that this is also a reason why sex ed needs to be a lot more inclusive. Like if you could see other types of relationships and not just straight people and not just, you know, people who are married, but people who are cohabitating, you know, people who are, who are co-parenting or who have, mm-hmm. you know, a dad and a stepdad or two dads and a mom or, or whatever it is like showing, cause those families exist. That's not just mm-hmm. like a woke thing. I'm asking people to do like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like do it because we want it. Like this is the future that liberals want. Like this is the reality we are living in now. Like, mm-hmm these families and these structures already exist. So show us that, show us that that's an option so that we're not like stuck in this, the same relationship escalator or thinking that's the only way. Yeah. And that'll help everybody. Everybody. Truly, truly. Every single one of you will be helped by this. You're welcome. (laughs) Yep. We thought of it first. You heard it here first guys. Inclusive sex ed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh, <laughs> we're gonna get sued. <laughs> no, we're not. Ah, no, no well. one has time to sue us. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Hopefully, it helped shed some light on relationship escalators as a metaphorical escalator concept. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, relationship escalator stories or other relationship transportation device metaphors we would love to hear them you can email us at hello at sex or you can find us on instagram and twitter at sex shouldn't suck and yeah do you know where yeah. else you can find us kaylee where on our patreon oh my god i forgot yes. about our patreon i don't know why it's like the coolest thing we do if you want to spend your money on us every month we would love that um and you get a bunch of cool things in return like stickers shout outs more stuff go check out our patreon you can find it there at sex ed shouldn't suck and uh you know figure out what you'd like yeah and if you're not a fan of the patreon model you can also support us by buying merch on our website we have all kinds of cool items like shirts and hats and stickers and we're constantly getting designers to make us more cool shit that we are adding to our store all the time so if it's been a min since you've looked at it then check it out again give it a little peep deep deep again i regret saying that but i'm gonna keep it because i need to have natural consequences for the things that i say give it a little look (laughs) also also you can sign up for our newsletter which is free Mm -hmm. and the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at sex ed shouldn't suck and about everything that's going on in the world with sex ed yeah where can you find that jen you can find that at our website, sexedshouldn'tsuck.com, on and Substack on Substack as well. Yes. Sorry, I yeah. interrupted you. You had it. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Just kidding. Anyways, thank you to Kent for mastering our sound. We appreciate Always. you. You're neat, neato what burrito. Yeah. Join us next week as we talk to Kelly, a self-proclaimed semi-retired erotic foot artist and all around just awesome person. So we'll see you then. Have a nice week. Bye.
that's hilarious. Uh, I, I do remember that story now. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize they were trying to build a tower to God. I, I um, and then I started thinking of the Bible story of like the wall of Jericho, where they like, <laughs> yeah. they marched around it and it fell down. And like, yeah, and like played musical instruments. Or the VeggieTales like, version of that. That's exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> that.